I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast. In the autumn of 1921, the town of Gyra in northern New South Wales found itself in the international spotlight. For a period of about six weeks, the world watched with morbid curiosity as a worker's cottage about a kilometre from the town centre was assaulted by a destructive, invisible force. The occupants were driven to despair and the rest of the community tottered on the brink of mass hysteria. Welcome to this week's episode of True Hauntings Podcast. We're actually back for part two of this fascinating story about the Gyra Ghost, Minnie Bowen, the rest of the family, and the further we dig, the more interesting the stories become. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Well, Renato, I'd like to say welcome back, but we're still here. (laughs) (laughs) This just went slightly ballistic and like even like we just went and had a little break and we made ourselves a cuppa and I cooked you up some nice Hunter Bell halloumi. Hello. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was so good. Um, And and we're still finding we're more. We're still finding stuff. Like we're sitting there just like researching a bit more and we're going, oh, my God, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. The plot thickens. It certainly does. I think I'm getting to a little bit of the, and I, I kind of had this idea as I was reading through my parts of the story that uh, I think I, I kind of have a bit of an idea where this is all heading, but we must Dig deeper. There is more evidence to be put forward, more characters to come onto the scene and put their two cents in. Absolutely. Now, if you haven't heard the first 
episode. Go listen. Please go listen because it gives you the groundwork that's required for this particular episode. And you kind of need to to know about these characters and um, the whole backstory to this. So we're, we're getting to the, the juicy nitty-gritty of it now. Yeah, and there was, even though, you know, we, we had our catch-up last episode and we're still here, but we there was something else that we wanted to talk about that happened that was... <sighs> it's something that happens pretty often in the paranormal field and I'm sure when you, we tell people about this story there'll be sage noddings of the heads going, yep, that's happened to me. Mm. We had a bit of a trolling, didn't we? Now, this this isn't something that's new also. This, this has been going on for a few months and it's been on and off and on and off, mm. but it got to a heightened point where we were once again blamed for something that didn't happen and, it was um, complete fabrication, yes. accusing us of um, manipulation and stealing. Really, yeah, that's that's basically what it was. Mm-hmm. And if this person had even done a little bit of research into that situation, they would have realised that we were actually the heroes in the situation, along with our gorgeous Pete, uh, helping out a whole heap of people that got stranded by somebody else who ripped them off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But hey, let 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 not a good storyline get in the way of the truth, as they say. say. Because the truth is boring in most cases and a little bit of filth dragged up from the dirt um, is often more entertaining. Yeah, and look, if any of you have listened to our live shows, you know that um, all this is on Facebook, the live ones that we do, um, you would know that I like a bit of a troll. I have a bit of fun with trolling um, and we'll uh, play with them for a bit. And I was playful with this dude at first until he, all it was was a photo of my husband and I at the cinema on Instagram going um, date night with hubby. And he's accused me of uh, this event from three years ago that I had used some of the money from that event to pay for our movie tickets. (laughs) Jeez, number one, the money wouldn't have lasted that long. <laughs> I bought that good one, money. <laughs> and apart from that, I used my uh, vouchers yes. from the government, so yeah. it cost me $3.30 a ticket. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Discovery, Dine and Discovery oh, vouchers. What a knob. Thank you, New South Wales government. Yeah, and then, then now we have often mentioned gaslighting before on some of our shows. Mm-hmm. He started to gaslight. He got in there and removed the posts where he had claimed those things because he worked out they were liable Mm -hmm. and um, then started saying, oh, no, darling. First off, don't call me darling, love. (laughs) Don't call me darling. I ain't your darling. Um, And he made some reference to the old bags or something like that as well. And he said, oh, no, I never said that. No, I was just curious about why you weren't doing this anymore, why you weren't doing that anymore. And I'm like, dude, I've got the screenshots. You can say that all you like, but he is gaslighting, trying to pretend it's a completely different story. And if I hadn't have screenshotted, he would make you doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, people, if you know your truth, you stand up for yourself. So I've, I'm have i not wasting any more energy on that particular individual and I've blocked and banned him from my life, but we had other investigators reach out to us, didn't we? Yes, we did. So I had a number of different people contact us and say, and say that they had uh, unfortunately also being trolled by this particular person. So this this is a very sol- sorry individual, an unfortunate individual who finds 
some pure delight for some odd reason. Um, in, in making stuff up. <clears throat> making stuff up and making people feel terrible yeah, about people themselves. People who are, are doing well and um, trying to portray a positive thing in the paranormal community, it seems to be his target. So, look, guys, if you do get targeted by this particular individual, know that you're doing a great job. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, look, uh, we do have to say that th- these are <laughs> these things become more relevant as you put yourself out there. So the more you put yourself out there, the more this sort of stuff comes up. In most cases, it doesn't. It In most cases, we're all a friendly lot and everyone's there to help each other and have a good time. So these, these are rarities. But goodness, if you stick your head up above the rest, tall poppy syndrome mm-hmm. in Australia, um, be prepared. It will be knocked sideways. <laughs> Not knocked off, but knocked sideways. So prepare yourself for a little bit of pain. Uh, all you have to do is stand by uh, your truth, as Anne said, and um, these guys don't have a leg to stand on. So they they normally disappear after a period of time. And never let it become personal. That's one of the other things I would recommend. Don't let it become personal. Stick to the facts. Anyway, talking about facts, yes, I've had to try and find another soundscape. So okay. let's see how we go. The following night, Sergeant Ridge, Constable Stennett and Taylor and four civilians visited the house and placed themselves in positions inside and outside that would apparently make a visit without detection impossible. Stones again assailed the walls at different times. The party closed in, but nothing could be seen. The following night, the police visited again. Reinforced by ten well-known civilians, several armed with guns. The men were placed as to make discovery of the cause of the stone throwing almost a certainty. About 7.30pm, smash went a window, almost in front of Sergeant Ridge. Less than three minutes later, another pane was smashed. The watchers closed in. Torches were turned on, but there was nothing to be seen beyond the two stones which were found on a bed in Minnie's bedroom. During the next half hour, fully 20 missiles struck the house. Among those found inside the house was one half the size of a brick. On the fifth night, there was an increased number of volunteers. Since the mysterious occurrence began, the nights have been dark, misty or threatening rain, which hampered observations. Last night, Mr Burgess placed at the disposal of the police a powerful motor battery and searchlight, which at intervals was thrown on the house and its surrounding about 30 seconds either from stone throwing or what might have been wrappings on the walls were heard, but these stopped when the light was turned on. The members of the family are greatly worried by the unaccountable attacks and are absolutely at a loss to assign any cause for the occurrences.
So, Renata, can you summarise just briefly what's gone up until this moment in time? So we have a family, just a normal family, the Bowens, who live in Gyra, and normal family, blended family. So we have two people coming together with children and they're living in a small little cottage and uh, one particular night the father um, sees that there is a piece of timber from a railway track. From a railway track, butted up against a window, a bit of putty out, as though someone is maybe trying to break in. Mm-hmm. Weird, but he goes to the police. They come out, check it out. And because it is close to um, April Fool's Day, um, they just think it's a prank. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. But... Stones start to get thrown from nowhere. Yeah, and Minnie, the young girl, was also supposedly followed by a man. Allegedly, that's true. That's true. And he was throwing stones at her. And he was throwing stones at her too. And we don't kind of hear a lot about that, that Minnie may well have had an attack upon her, only from a piece of information that you get from a paper that mentions the word molested. Mm-hmm. They say is, that when she was molested, nobody else has mentioned no. that. No. Very interesting. So then we have um, about two weeks of occurrences that happen and it escalates. Mm-hmm. And by the time we get to where we're starting off now, the whole township has been involved. Everyone is talking about what they think is going on. It's been in the newspapers. Been in the newspapers. Um, People are coming from everywhere to try and work out what's happening. This poor family has been thrown into chaos. There are people in the house all the time. They're watching them 24-7. Yep. In the meantime, they are still grieving because the older daughter, May, passed Mm -hmm. only three months beforehand in quite disturbing circumstances because... The story is that she died of heart issues. Yes, which apparently she had all her life. But mm-hmm. you, in our little break, I found a found piece of information. Something else. Mm. So there's a gentleman called Colin Newsom, a historian from Glen Innes, who heard two different accounts of Minnie's sister's death. One story has it that she died after a botched abortion, and the other. The young, pregnant and unmarried lady, poor May, in, I guess, her grief of what do I do now, threw herself into a waterhole and drowned. So it may have been heart failure at the result of either one of those two things. Could have been. But in those days they would try to cover that up. Yes. Quite, you know, Determinedly, I'd say. Yeah. And there was uh, a little part of my story that I sort of left out as well mm-hmm. because we're, we're at the stage now the whole family has been, um, their house, they're, they're out working down in the paddock only like 100 feet away and um, their whole house has been ripped to shreds and the palings they'd put over windows have been torn off mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, as I said, they're not getting their bond back. But I forgot to mention in that first week, there were two other houses that were bombarded with stones. 
Right. So there was one that was occupied by Mr. Hodder, uh, who was the stepson of Mrs. Bowen from her first marriage. So Mrs. Bowen had been married before. She was 35, and as I said, it was a blended family. Mm -hmm. So obviously uh, her husband had died and um, she has inherited the stepson, which is very nice of her. Uh, And uh, the stepson's house was... uh, uh, only about 100 yards from the Bowen Cottage and it seems to be badly damaged by these stones being thrown because the, the family had to abandon the house and move in with William and and Minnie and everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now in this tiny little house they've got uh, the um, Miss, Mr Hodder and his wife and their four children mm-hmm. as well as... Minnie's parents and her two other siblings, mm-hmm. and the house was overcrowded to start with. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was an important thing I needed. But there was also another house that um, they say there was a third house involved in it. So there's Minnie's house, there's the stepson's house, and now this house. Um, and it was owned by the McKins family, and the windows were completely smashed. That was all we had from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no other details were supplied. So, and the McKins had no relationship to the family? Not that I can see there, no. Right. But uh, obviously the stepson had relations. Okay. So yes. um, was it a, a family feud of some form or other? Who knows? So now we're going to move on to people who are going to come in and they're going to debunk this ghost. They're going to tell us what is going on and, you know, it's all fictional stuff. Nobody's really got a ghost. So the first one that comes onto the scene is a Mr. H.J. Moore. Now, he had plantations and a lot of interest in Samoa, and he just happened to be in Sydney on business and heard about all of this. Yes, I read about him. And, he, you know, he had a personal friend, Robert, Robert Louis Stevenson. Mm-hmm. I'd be name dropping that <laughs> everywhere. Um, and, of course, that made him an authority. Oh, yes, and he was also good friends with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. That's He had the literary greats there. I know, Did right? Did I say that right? Literary? Literary? He must have. He, he must <laughs> He must have. He must have had really good plantations. That's all I can say. <laughs> what was he growing? Uh, anyway, well, um, so he had a, a lot of interest in psychic phenomena. So he arrived on the eighteenth of April. So I'd sort of given everything up until the the um, the last thing was the fifteenth of April when the house was just wrecked. Mm-hmm. Now we're on the eighteenth of April, and he was granted full access to the Bowen house for a couple of nights. So he gets in there. He removes portions of the roof and creates lookout posts with good views for the outside. Uh, and he has five assistants who keep the, cl- the family under close surveillance and has set up an elaborate system of traps to detect any tricksters or hoaxes. Wow. You imagine someone coming in and pulling out part of your roof? Mm-hmm. Or be having words. Does he get anywhere? Well, apparently the the ghost or whatever it was continued to do exactly what it was doing before. And uh, I love in the Australian Poltergeist book they use the word flummoxed. His assistants <laughs> and Mr Moore's were flummoxed. were flummoxed and they couldn't work out what the hell was going on. Um, 
yeah, and they, they said that it originated from inside or outside the house. So, that, sorry, they couldn't say for sure whether these things were coming from inside or outside the house. Now, um, so I, I gather that means they think it could be someone from within the house throwing it because there hasn't actually been any reports of phenomena within the house mm-hmm. apart from things that have landed on the bed mm-hmm. through broken windows. So after four days, um, he left and said it was a, a typical demonstration of poltergeist activity. Uh, he he said that Minnie was a very normal little girl um, and that there was no hoaxing involved because they they were watching them 24-7 and they would have caught them. So the poor family, they, they can't get answers from anyone and they've, they've been very willing to let people into their house to give them answers. They want to know what's happening. So at this stage they're that highly stressed that uh, when a journalist decided to um, try and investigate themselves, they thought they'd sneak around and, and try and capture something themselves, they've... This journalist has actually come up to the door and opened the door to try and sneak in without the family seeing. So inside is the stepson, um, Hodder, and he he's grabbed a gun and was about to shoot whoever was coming through the door. As you would. Because they're, they're all so on edge. <coughs> Everyone's so stressed. Yeah. Then there was this whole thing that, um, you know, People that were getting gun fever in the town. Mm-hmm, Everyone's mm-hmm. buying a gun. Everyone's trying to protect themselves. Uh, and as you mentioned in the last episode, there was a, um, a possible rapist in town as well. Yes. So with all of this shenanigans going on in the town, little town of Gyra, the state government decided they were going to send extra police from Glenness to um, work out, and a team of detectives. Mm -hmm, From Sydney. From Sydney to sort things out. (laughs) Yes, because these country folk, they're simple. country bumpkins don't don't know know, what they're doing. They know nothing. So this ended up being really quite rude, these team that arrived, and they thought because they were city folk Mm -hmm. that, they knew so much better than these these local people who must be all superstitious and don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like boxing them around the ears, I do. So uh, this is a little quote here. So they arrived on the 20th um, of April. They rounded everyone up, including the members of the Bowen household, who they considered to be the hoaxers. But after searching, examining and everything, they just dismissed all of it without any clue to actually what was going on. They just went, you know, this is this is all ridiculous. Um, Do you know at one stage, you know, the old lady with the potatoes? Yes. Yeah, we're going back to the lady with the potatoes. You <laughs> need to fasc- listen to episode one, she people. She fascinates me. I'm going to buy you some potatoes for your next birthday. <laughs> the old lady with the potatoes, she completely disappeared. Yes. They, they never found her didn't again. Didn't find a body, nothing. And they they kind of in one stage actually blame her or, or her shade for coming through. Oh, my heavens. And doing all of this. So, do you know, they started to interrogate Minnie. 12-year-old. A 12-year-old uh-huh. whose sister had only died months beforehand. Mm-hmm. So they believed it was her. Um, so she'd already been interrogated by Sergeant Ridge. But, um, and I'll read this one out. Um, the little girl stoutly resists all attempts to shake her testimony. She was, in one instance, virtually subjected to the third degree. 
In fact, the examination was so severe as to leave her almost nervously prostrated, and yet she would not deny that she had heard a voice from the other world. Mm-hmm. So this is talking about when May had spoken to her mm-hmm. in the seance, they call it. Mm-hmm. They they harangued her that much that she must have collapsed on the ground crying but still refused to say, I'm lying. Mm-hmm. Wow. Where's where's docs when you need them? Department of Child, Child was it Children's Services? No, that didn't exist back then. No, exactly. So the the big city cops were very determined to prove it was a hoax. Um, the New South Wales Inspector General James Mitchell made it quite clear that he regarded the whole affair as a case of larrikinism, and the whole thing should be stamped out. Um, Constable Hardy, who was reported that when a youth in Gyra 15 years ago, there was a similar trouble there. Stones were thrown at a house and a girl was also concerned in that affair. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking Romeo and Juliet, where he, you know, Romeo's throwing stones on the window going, Juliet, hey, do you want a snog? (laughs) We've almost got the wheeze out of her. Um, yeah, that happens sometimes when you're trying to get someone's attention. Throw and throw some stuff. Does yeah, yeah. but um, they considered because 15 years ago that had happened that that must be what it is this time. Mm-hmm. So, 25th of April, under the indignant headline, as they say in the book, insults to the district, the Gyra Argus uh, have dumped on basically the Inspector General. Uh, the trouble is, according to the Inspector General Police, caused by larrikins, this is arrant bunkum. The test, uh, the genius of Constable Hardy's claim, we wired Sergeant DJ O'Neill Moroya yesterday, who was stationed here at the time and received the following reply. No case of stone throwing at Gyra 15 years ago. Report incorrect. Mm-hmm. So that when they say why, they mean telegram. Mm-hmm. So this... People might not know what a telegram is. <laughs> it's a text, an SMS on paper. <laughs> you, you send your message to someone, they write it down on a piece of paper and they deliver it to the person. So it takes a little bit longer than it does now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep. Um, so this, this Inspector General made shit up. He made it up. Wow. Just to try and say that, well, it's happened before, so therefore, mm-hmm. you know, it, this is not, oh. So the, the Argus goes on. Misrepresentations like those, besides being an insult to the people of the district, are not likely to bring about what is earnestly desired by everyone, an elucidation of the mystery. Oh. oh. They want the truth. They want answers. Yes. And, of course, the police have gone out there, the detectives have gone out there, and they haven't found anything. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to go out there and find Mm -hmm. stuff. But as often happens with the big newspapers in the city, the city folk do think themselves above the country folk sometimes. far far superior. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember being in Sydney once and having those look down at me going, oh, you're from Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So what, mate? (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> so the, the townsfolk took offence to this and good on them, I don't blame them, but the papers took on the whole thing and referred to Gyra as the potato metropolis. <laughs> now, we've been to a me- potato we metropolis have. recently. 
we had our photo taken in front of the big potato. We did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, was, I quite enjoyed that moment. But um, they, they used some big words here that I've never heard before. They, they said in the papers, and this is the Sydney Sun, that the mystery has been resolved itself into just the sort of prank that bibulous hobbledehoys would indulge in after a spiritual indulgence of their favourite tavern. Oh. In other words, they got pissed in Gyra and uh-huh. went through rocks. Uh-huh. Now, they're not looking at the history of what these townsfolk went through trying to get answers. Oh, as I said, I want to clip them around the ears, I do. So this notorious Constable Hardy, who was so supposed to solve everything, went back to Sydney after only five days in Gyra. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really attempt any more to find out what had happened. So Hardy then went on to the, to the sun and told them that he arrived at the conclusion that the manifestations were worked by five or six persons with the object of getting possession of the house. Right. Now, that that theory apparently was based on the fact that rental accommodation was scarce in the area, Um, but they forget. Remember our uh, crazy old man who said Jesus was going to come and live in the house? Um, He wasn't trying to – he could have evicted them at any time he wanted Mm -hmm. to, and he didn't. Mm -hmm. And they've gone through the process of trashing the house completely. Yeah. Why would you do that if you're going to – rent it back out to somebody else. Yeah. Now, this Hardy was not at all upset about the fact he'd been uncovered as a liar with the the 15 years ago story. Um, And he he goes on how he tells the paper that um, they took up a position on the southern side of the house. Uh, Mr. Starr, a respectable local farmer, watched the northern side and saw the girl throw several stones at the cottage. The police questioned the girl. She at first denied any knowledge of stone throwing, but when confronted with Mr. Starr, she admitted throwing stones and afterwards admitted that she was responsible for the knocking on the walls, which she affected by striking the inner walls at night time with a stick when people were keeping watch outside. Uh, Now, that does not make sense whatsoever. No. If you have a look at the picture of the house, it's quite sturdily built. Mm -hmm. It's not a lean-to. Hitting any wall with a stick isn't going to give the effect that has been talked about. They talk about it reverberating Mm -hmm. right down to its um, uh, foundations. But um, apparently Minnie did throw some stones up onto the roof, but this was like she was outside playing. Mm -hmm. She wasn't trying to do phenomena, Mm -hmm. and she at some stage or other with witnesses um, picked up a stick and poked it at a wall in her bedroom. Mm -hmm. So they've taken two things that have happened and made it into something bigger than what it was Mm -hmm. to try and say that this little girl was capable of doing these things. So, again, the newspapers jumped on the the back of that and go, no, Gyra Ghost is the headline, the mystery ends, um, and, you know, cheered on Constable Hardy, who was then probably going to move up to senior sergeant or something like that. After this whole thing with Hardy and he goes back, Mm -hmm. this is when Minnie gets taken to her grandmother in Glenniness for peace of mind. But before that happens, there is this gorgeous character called Mr Hay Mm -hmm. who took total offence to what had happened with the the Sydney detectives and the newspapers, and he went on a rant. And he got onto the Sydney Morning Herald, gave them a statement saying how angry he was and rebutted Hardy's claims. 
Um, Mr Hay said that constables claim to have solved the case is of no material value and is most discrediting to the vigilance, the gyra police and public who spent night after night for three weeks in the vicinity of the Bowen house. So uh, Constable Hardy states that Minnie was found throwing stones at the house one night. Yes, that is correct, he said. The facts are as follows. Minnie Brown, whilst outside the house at midday, threw two or three small stones out on the iron roof where her sister was washing clothes. Her sister knew at once that it must have been Minnie who threw those particular stones, and but for the fact that a local farmer was passing at that moment, Minnie would simply have received a severe reprimand for trying to frighten her sister. Mm-hmm. So she was just playing pranks. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. Um, yeah, so good on you, Mr Hay, for standing up for your town townsfolk. Uh Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, he made a, a really good observation that... Throughout the whole episodes of this uh, poltergeist activity or whatever it is, there was no stones thrown on the iron roof. It was always thrown with what seems to be accuracy and aim at windows or the walls. Mm -hmm. Like they were deliberately trying to break the windows. Uh, and as regards the knocking, as I said, that she had picked up a piece of wood and that used to prop up a window sash and gave two taps on the wall. Um, everyone saw her do it and it was observed, but it wasn't thought of to be trying to fake anything. Mm-hmm. 
So the local police said that they're not of the same mindset of Constable Hardy. And uh, one night Sergeant Ridge was inside, but the whole family, including the girl, whilst Constable Taylor and two trusted civilians sat within a few yards of the walls outside. Seven very loud raps came on the wall in quick succession. At the first knock, a powerful spotlight was turned on from a distance of 30 yards and the outside wall was in a blaze of light whilst the knocking was going on. Constable Taylor insisted the knocks came from inside. Sergeant Ridge, however, insisted that it did not, as he closely watched every person in the room. So we've got, again, more witnesses, and this is going on now to the end of the month. We're almost there. So now now we get to this stage that the, the parents are that desperate that they do send her 60 kilometres away to Granny's place. Isn't that lucky? Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say something about the <laughs> granny then. No. Um, no, no, no. So as soon as Minnie left, guess what happened? Everything stopped. Everything stopped. And some people would then point to that and go, prove she was the hoaxer. She mm-hmm. was doing it. But where did it start up again? Well, they had a few days of peace and quiet at Granny's place at Cleninus. Mm-hmm. And then it started up again. Then it started up again. Um. So they got a shower of gravel. Now we're into May. So on the 9th of May, um, so the, this time the shower of gravel hit on the, the roof of the grandmother's house. Uh, it was quickly followed by stones of various sizes and loud knockings on the wall. Again, the police were called. They must roll their eyes every oh, time they hear yes. that. Yes, they were called in. Yep. People started rolling in, of course, after that. And so the whole performance then moved over to Granny's place. Yep. Um, so they heard four or five sounds resembling knocks on galvanised iron. But as we know, that that can, as the weather, as temperatures cool, you can get cracks. Yes. Yep. Put my teeth in and start again. You can get cracks with iron. Yes. Um, but they, they came to the conclusion that it was the girl that was responsible and um, they, they basically said to Grandma, all right, it's that girl that's doing it, bye, and left. <laughs> That they, they didn't offer any other help than that. And they're yeah. like, okay, bye. So we're on to the 10th of May. Now, there was also a sceptical farmer that was nearby that um, offered his two cents worth, his, his uh, five cents, whatever you want to call it. Two and pennies. Yeah, the, the girl was hitting the wall with her elbows. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that makes sense. It's like people can't except that there's something weird going on. So it's easier to come up with these crazy stories. Mm-hmm. So unlike the Gyra story, the it was hitting the roof rather than the windows. Um, and again, the walls being thumped was difficult to explain. And uh, a neighbour said it sounded like an axe being struck heavily against the wall. Uh, the they had neighbours, the McKillops, and they said that was the noise that was coming from the house was really unnerving, um, and it was that bad that they intended to leave their homes. They were going to move mm-hmm. to get away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that the reverberations going through the house were that strong that it was actually knocking ornaments off shelves. Yep. So that's that's not a girl poking a wall with a stick no. or their elbows. No. Um, they had a, a guy that was 200 pounds, about 90 kilos, coming in. He threw his full weight against the wall next to the sideboard where the ornaments were. They didn't even shake. Mm-hmm. See, what sort of force was, was happening there? Uh, 
By the 11th of May, the police have had a gut full of this and they've cleared everybody away. They've cleared, cleared out all the sightseers because they're following the story of the Gyra ghost. Um, but they still have a few stones hit the house and the wall thumping occurred as usual. Uh, but that seems to have been when it all finished because it just stopped and Minnie returned a few days later to Gyra. And that's weird because I know in another article I read, they said the grandmother was begging for them to take her back mm-hmm. because they couldn't bear the noise that was going on anymore. Mm-hmm. So, But part of that could have also been this uh, intrusion of everyone into her life, into the grandmother's life, who she wouldn't have um, had anything like this happen to her. So she thought the best thing would be, you know, go back. So then, like, uh, Minnie does move back home and it all stops. Yep. Um, she grew up in a fairly normal life and she married a, a dairy farmer and uh, became a Mrs. Ince or Inche, I don't know, I-N-C-E, Ince, mm-hmm. uh, and lived fairly normal life in Armadale. Uh but she had a very sad ending, didn't she? She did. The way she died was horrible. Yep. She was struck down and killed by a car in her 80th year. Now, apparently she spoke little about her childhood and didn't show any other evidence of having psychic powers, although... Although I've got a story where they yeah. say she does. And just to go back to her death, she was decapitated. Was she? She was decapitated in that accident. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that just horrible? That's awful. Oh. Anyway. Can I just tell you um, oh, another thing too? Uh, there, um, In the article that I have here, there was a person digging around many years after all of this. Just like us. Yep. And this is this. so this goes back to 2010 when a researcher was attempting to piece uh, together this mystery. And he actually found that archived copies of the Gyra Argus of the time were missing from the collections of both the State Library in New South Wales and the National Library in Canberra. It was like they never existed. Uh, And that's very unusual because every newspaper, and there was many of them, has disappeared. I know. That's just... Really odd. Why would you do that? Well, it's either somebody has bought them all up trying to remove it from history. They don't want people to know about it. But I, I don't know how you could do that because there'd be people snapping up those newspapers, reading those stories and mm-hmm. following it. But did you know there was a movie made as well? Yes. And the movie has disappeared. The movie's disappeared. The movie has disappeared from the archives as well. And apparently it was done by someone who was very reputable and would have done a a bang-up job of it. Mm -hmm. It's gone. Oh. Who is removing the story of the guy Poltergeist? How mysterious. Love it. I like a little bit of a twist. All right, so... Going back to our Australian poltergeist and and using our theories and their theories, Mm -hmm. what is going on? So what on earth do you think is going on here, Renata? Again, it's one of these stories that the more you dig, the more you find is involved in this whole 
story because you could say from our point of view as paranormal investigators, yes, look, we do have um, a child here who uh, is exhibiting some form of psychokinetic energy mm-hmm. um, and, of course, at, at 12 she has no capability of trying to control it. The family's in deep stress. She's just lost a, a beautiful sister. She's now looking after a child. All of these things that are happening would lead to some form of poltergeist activity. Yeah, and like the guys from the Australian Poltergeist book are also mentioning things like um, maybe it was a vendetta against that family mm-hmm. uh, and that it also doesn't have uh, some of the characteristics of some of the other stone-throwing poltergeists, which you mentioned in our break, that uh, the stones were reported as being warm to touch, mm-hmm. um, that people were seeing things drop out of like from ceiling level mm-hmm. within the house. Well, there was nothing happening inside the house. Everything was out of the house. Everything was a projectile at the house from an external source mm-hmm. where they couldn't see where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the other poltergeist cases with all the stone throwings, there would be these materialisations uh, and unnaturally uh, falling items or slow, almost like it slowed down. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, also, it was uh, most of this occurred at night, mm-hmm. where it's hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that it does sort of follow normal pol- poltergeist activity is that um, I don't think anyone was ever hurt by any of the stones. Oh, weren't they? No. So there are no. no you're right. There are no reports. There that, was close calls. Yes. And that happens a lot with the, uh, particularly the Humpty Doo. Yes. Oh, God, I love that story. That's That was one of my favourite ones. Um, my mind is going to the um, stepson who only lived like 100 yards away. Yeah. 100 yards might be just close enough to throw stones. And if he's abandoned the house, he could go back there at any time. But um, they said that they have everybody watching them. So I don't know. But everyone that spoke to the family all said they were very sincere in their reports. They don't believe there was any um, fakeness going on. Um, And the only extra thing that we found out was that Millie did have another um, superpower. Yes, there are reports that in later in life, uh, she had this uncanny ability. Yeah, now of being Mary's, a, yeah. May's son, so her her half sister May, she Clifford, who she almost raised, referred to Auntie Minnie's psychic powers, um, and his daughter, so Clifford's daughter Diana Brady, told us that according to her dad, you could sit with Minnie, and she could make a piano play or a chair lift on the other side of the room, and that she had very strange eyes, dark and mystifying. So did she have these abilities? And is this what caused this whole episode? Mm. And poltergeist activity usually comes in, ramps up and then dies down. Yes, yes. And the the other thing I was talking to you about was the fact that she was 12, she was at that um, pubescent stage of mm-hmm. her life where mm-hmm. all the hormones shift and change. She was under a lot of stress. She was described as a slightly odd, stressed adolescent. Um, and if you think about it, they've got this 
tiny four-room cottage with this large blended family in there, the mother, the father, the younger sisters, half-sister May, who was there and obviously under some sort of stress as well, possibly pregnant, possibly suicidal, but definitely with a heart condition. Clifford the baby. Uh, and then you've got the uh, the stepson moving in with his four. They're in four rooms. Mm-hmm. And apparently um, also there's a piece of information that says the house that was noted to be the Bowen's house for many, many, many years may not have been the Bowen's house at all. The Bowen's house may have actually been 200 uh, metres away in a different street. Oh. <laughs> all right. And- See, because people have been going back to yeah. Gyra and, and trying to dig and trying to find that information. Yeah. So whether, again, it's the local people going, no, 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 it's not it's not there. I mean, the house was demolished, but you still go back to that site because that's what paranormal investigators and, and well, apparently the, the curious house is still, do. The house is still there. Well, it says here that the house was demolished. Oh, well, I've got one here that's more, uh, when was yours printed? Because <laughs> I don't know. It may have been demolished by the time this book was printed, but it's a fairly new book. Um but just to go back to the situation within the house and the the catalyst for maybe her uh, PK abilities uh, is that she has the anguish of the death of her sister and then having to raise the sister's child. Mm-hmm. So there is certainly enough triggers there to build some sort of anxiety to um, to set all of this off. Mm-hmm. Especially if the sister had actually died in... By her own hand. Yeah, really awful circumstances. And then that that having to be kept as a secret is another stressor on the family. So as with all of these stories, we only know certain parts of it that are available to us. We don't know everything. Um, The sadness here is that you have a family torn apart by a great tragedy to begin with. Yeah. And then the unfolding of this other child and her abilities or her her way of coping with this stress, uh, which just leads the family down a, a horrendous rabbit hole of, of torture mm. by the local community and by everybody else who comes in and puts their two cents worth in. Uh, I'm sure that the mother would have been blamed at some point in time, the father would have been blamed at some point in time by the way that they raised or didn't raise their children because, of course, there will be people in the community that say it's, it's the mother's or the father's fault. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a tragedy. I mean, even possibly um, when you think of it, the the father, uh, the, the newly married father to her mum was only 20 and um, that's only eight years older than what Minnie was. Yeah. Could it have been May, the spirit of May, trying to protect Minnie from something that was going on? Mm. Or, again, is that a possible catalyst? Mm-hmm. But th- that's just pure speculation. I, I mm-hmm. have no evidence on that whatsoever. Uh, but this book was written in 2014, so mm-hmm. it was seven years ago, uh, and it says that it, it still stands and has been enlarged and renovated. The people that have this house now are nervous to to buy this house and move in because they had heard of all the story that is associated with it, but uh, the, the nothing, not a thing has mm-hmm. happened. Uh, so they're fine, but uh, Grandma Shelton's house has been demolished. That's mm-hmm. gone. So that'd be, I would, I'd love to go into town just to go stand in front of it and go, hey, look, 
it's us in front of the Gyra <laughs> Poltergeist house. I had a real problem with the name Gyra because I kept calling it Gura. It's spelled G-U-Y-R-A because I'm thinking of Gura cheese. Uh-huh. <laughs> Me and food, I have a problem. Um, so, yeah, the, basically Gyra was just well known now for that house. Um, a lot of the people in the, the town now won't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, no, I don't know anything about that. It's almost like it's an embarrassment to them. Mm. And um, I'd say, you know, from the story that um, I, I told you about the uh, them saying that the house is not where it is, uh, this is from 2010, but it probably would be a little bit like Borley, Borley, Borley Rectory yes. and the people going, no, no, it doesn't exist, it's yeah. not here anymore, you know, you're in the wrong spot. They don't and want people coming in. They don't want people coming in. Yeah, but there are some photos of them out the front of the house around the place. And there's a, a photo of Minnie that I have here in this book, which is just, she looks so sad. She does. But with everything going on, that poor child, and the detectives hounding her, and and I can just imagine in the end she'd just go, yeah, whatever, I did it, go away. Yeah. She just, but she never did. She never gave in. How can you know what is true and what is not when you result to virtually torture on a child to try and get the information. That's true. The other suggestions were that she had some sort of occult power. Uh, another one suggested that she was a ventriloquist and was able to, I don't know, I don't know how a ventriloquist could throw stones, but there you go. This they is, usually throw their voice, not stones. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, another one, another one that was that there was a gigantic slingsh- slingshot set up on a very distant hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're really a, stretching now. You need a big rubber band for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but nobody has really solved the the mystery of what happened. Um, the only thing they have left of that movie, by the way, is a movie poster. Mm-hmm. That's all they've got left of it. Mm-hmm. So in conclusion, Anne, mm. is it a true haunting? I want to say yes. I want to say I, I believe it's poltergeist, but I yeah. think it's Minnie that's the source, yeah. not somebody that's dead. Yeah. I don't think it was the sister May. Um, I think it was... Uh, Poltergeist activity brought on by the stress of a, a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Wow, we've we've both agreed on something. Mm. Now, maybe after all of this information, you know something different, or you know more about the story, or maybe you are from Gyra. Maybe you're connected to the family. If you are, or know something, oh, tell us some juicy please, bits. <gasps> please reach out to us and tell us more. We would love to know. So that brings us to the end of the Gyra Poltergeist story. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm sorry if it's a little bit chopped up, but we were just overwhelmed with the amount of information that we discovered as we went. Uh, But we certainly have enjoyed this deep dive, haven't we? Yeah, we certainly have. I'm glad you took over most of it, Anne, because I just threw my hands in the air and went, I don't even know where to go with this. I, I, I just I kept putting it off and putting it off, and she'd say, "Can we record it?" Don't go. No, I need another day, please. <laughs> I can't. I can't. But uh, the the lockdown did help, and that meant I could get a lot more work done on it. But still, it's just too deep a story. But thank you for joining us on this episode. If you have enjoyed it, make sure you have subscribed. And uh, if you can leave us a great review, that really helps. Join us in our Facebook community too. Anne and Renata hyphen 
frightfully good and uh, you can catch us on our weekly live shows that we do even when we were separated during our um, our lockdown we managed to keep them going but uh, thank you for being part of our family and you know what happens now we'll see you on the dark side bye bye thank you for listening to this episode of true hauntings if you like the show give us a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you're listening right now for more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.